The Jeremy White Show. Our next guest is a member of one of my favorite Canadian bands. They're hitting the road alongside Big Rack, kicking off in Hamilton on November 9th, running through all the way to November 20th in Paris, Ontario. Uh, hitting Montreal on November 18th. Tickets are on sale for that gig at Ticketmaster.ca. And of course, uh, their latest EP, just making making lots and lots and lots of spins on Canadian radio. Uh, please welcome to the show the one, the only, for the first time, Phil Spina from uh, Texas King. What's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm, I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. Uh, so, first of all, you were just saying that you're wrapping up pre-production, and uh, apologies to the audience, by the way. I had a power outage before this, and like it knocked out my my normal microphone. So, <laughs> we're using a laptop microphone this time. But um, just just real quick, uh, talk a little bit about the band's history. Um, you guys have been a band for how long now? Uh, this is our tenth year, technically. Ten like we, we yeah, we started uh, in college. We were, uh, went to Fanshawe College in London. And uh, that's kind of where we all met and where the the band really started. Like uh, Jordan, our singer, had had been playing some solo shows prior to that. And, um, and then him and, and uh, you know, the original guitarist, Colin, uh, who was in, in college with us, they they sort of teamed up and started playing, writing some songs together, playing as a duo. And uh, shortly after that, then we added uh, myself and, uh, and, and our drummer, uh, Rob, came in and, and we you know, spent that last year of college sort of on weekends going out playing, you know, two, three shows during the weekend, coming back for, for class on Monday, yeah. you know, then Friday, Friday taken off, just sort of doing the weekend warrior thing as we were recording our very first EP. Um, and then once that, uh, I guess that spring, you know, April, May, whenever it was when school was out and we were done, then it kind of freed us up to, to start uh, touring kind of like for real. So the band started in 2013, but I would say we didn't actually like seriously start touring and recording and stuff probably till 2014. Right. Um, and then, yeah, with our first full length record coming out in 2017. And that's, that's kind of where most people pick up on, on the band's kind of true beginning, just cause that was like the first time we ever had like a single that was played on radio and stuff was like around 2017. So um yeah then you know since then you know melvin has joined the fold as our as our drummer now since around that time from 2017 and and yeah just been touring and releasing records so of course you guys start when you're in college i mean like was this kind of like a hobby you know grab a you know plow through a case and jam out some tunes like on the week like like what was the intention did you plan for this to be the career well so we met in uh music industry arts we were all in uh, okay. going to fanshawe for music industry arts uh, okay so you were going to recording school and you wanted to be in the biz yeah exactly i think each member was in the program for uh, like you know various reasons um mm -hmm. you know, i had play I, I personally had played in bands in high school and stuff but i think that i sort of saw you know i myself as maybe working on the recording like maybe like the engineer mixing production sort of side of it i'd been interning at some studios in town before college and mm -hmm. wanted so i went to to college with that in mind to like oh i thought i wanted to be an engineer or something and yeah jordan our, our, our front man like he was there i don't think he ever intended to to be in like involved in uh, like mixing and like the technical aspect of it but mm -hmm. that program there is also you know they teach you about music business and stuff and him being an artist and a songwriter um i think he just felt like it was a really good place for him to be like immersed in that get some knowledge of the industry and and you know production and songwriting as well as as meet other people like-minded people musicians producers all that stuff that that are in that program and that's essentially what happened is like we you know a group of us met 
you know, Jordan had songs, started collaborating, jamming and, you know, put, put the band together. Uh, so my personal kind of career path pretty quickly shifted when school was out and it was time to, you know, either go to Toronto and try to be an intern at a, at a, a studio, uh, you know, and work your way up there or take some time off and go on tour with the band and see where that leads. And the band was so new and fresh at the time that I just really was like, you know, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's cool. I think, you know, the EP we made in college had something and I had never really like seriously toured beyond just like little weekend warrior things. So right. it was appealing to me. So basically, yeah, when, when, when school ended, we all just were like, let's, let's, let's give it a go for a bit. And here we are flash forward 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of those records that made you interested in the, the sonic aspect of records? I mean, from producing and like engineering, I mean, like, like I'm a huge Mutt Lang fan and like, I'm a big into engineering, like guys like Mike Shipley. I mean, like and Nigel Green, just innovators in so many different ways when it comes to just how records sounded. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the eighties, but what were some of the records that made you think, you know, like say, Oh man, like how did they get that drum sound or how did they get that bass sound? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that one person that pops into my mind and it wasn't even necessarily that, um, like, you know, I, I, I grew up in like the, the late nineties, early two thousands. That's when I was like, you know, a, a young kid. So naturally like much music had a pretty mm -hmm. big influence on my, on my upbringing. So many bands, you know, I found out through, uh, of like through that. And I didn't really notice at the time until I got older and got into the technical part, you know, starting out just like recording my own like high school band, you know what I mean? Getting mm -hmm. some, some audio gear just so we could record demos. And I started to like that aspect of it. And then digging into that area of like engineers, producers, mixers, um, someone that I kind of just found like a common thread was like, Hey, all these records that I grew up listening to, or my favorite bands from back in the day that influenced me musically. So many of them were, um, were mixed by Tom Lord algae. And that right. was something that like, just cause he did so much stuff in that era. Like it's hard not to pull up something from the early two thousands, at least in like the rock or like, you know, those yeah. like blink One Eighty Two, some 40, all that kind of like stuff that was on much music that kind of, grabbed me as like a young like teenager or whatever even so chris i mean stuff. doing you know like america uh, american idiot and like all those records yeah, of course. like yeah. they all they all have like a streamlined kind of like and and they do sort of have you know they sound like the time they were made i mean like you listen to def leppard hysteria it sounds like 1987 you listen to you know dookie and it sounds like 1998 or whatever year it was like all these records kind of have like a, a sonic landscape of the time that they're almost like a almost like a time stamp yeah no for sure yeah so so i think that was more i think it how it came about for me i don't know if it was necessarily like i heard something that was like that drum sound is amazing i want to be an engineer i think i did it out of necessity to record like my my high school bands and then yeah. liked the process and then from there started paying attention and then realizing like oh like know all of these records i love so many of them when i was a kid were mixed by tom lord algae then you dig into that then you got chris lord algae then you know whatever like jerry finn the producer like you know so there's so many like and then you just start noticing stuff you start once you get into that world and start picking apart records you start yeah. noticing drum sounds you start noticing the way a vocal sits you know and then then it just leads you down the rabbit hole of every, you know so. yeah i mean look at steve albini's drum sound very different from bob rocks <laughs> right yeah exactly exactly man and then it's just cool yeah you get to follow a band and see like why they picked a certain producer and how that 
producer's influence, you know, change their record. And yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, talking about the latest EP capsize. I, it's so funny and it's so cool at the same time, how local radio and Canadian radio has been supporting you guys. I mean, I hear you every day on my local rock station in Montreal and show them 97, seven. And it's funny because like, I, I got the email, like Texas King. I'm like, yeah, like you seem like a cool band. Like, all right, I'll check them out. And then like, I was just like going through like a, like a, your music video playlist on YouTube. And I'm like, Oh shit. I know this band. Like I know every single song because I hear it on the radio. And it, it's funny how like you hear things in passing, but you don't necessarily like I'm one of those guys. Like if I relate to the song, I relate to the song, but I'm not like going out and seeking or like, how do I put it? I, I guess like, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm a bit of a snob. Like I like what I like and I don't what I don't. So it's like when I heard your songs, I immediately fell in love with them because I love the arrangements. I love the sound of the songs. Like sonically, they're incredibly pleasurable to listen to. Uh, talk a little bit about recording these songs. I mean, the arrangements are fantastic. The guitars and your bass. I, I get real U2 kind of vibes from the sound. I mean, uh, just, you know, just how thick and pick heavy the basses and like the guitar arrangements and stuff like who were some of the bands that were influencing you guys um well thank you for saying all that um i think i know that was a long-winded monologue but <laughs> no no i thank you that, that um that's nice to hear um i don't know like it's funny like in influence wise when the if we're talking about like when the band was forming i would say that everyone in the band kind of came from a different musical background and liked different things um mm. but there was a certain element of uh you know there's a couple of, of artists that were that were common ground um and and i think that's even still true to this day to be honest like you know whether it was you know jordan kind of getting involved in music young um you know starting out like in a, in church like doing church music and then eventually getting into more like pop stuff and singer songwriter stuff um you know our drummer melvin grew up playing in metal bands you know myself playing in more like rock or punk bands um we all kind of have pretty different musical backgrounds um but i think what sounds like texas king is like is jordan's voice and the song ideas he has and then us in a room uh and that is i think how the, the sound of our band it's we might have quite different musical backgrounds and to a certain extent some different musical tastes but when we all get in a room that's the sound that comes out and right you know there are some some common grounds like i said like you know starting out like kings of leon was was something was a band that mm. everyone kind of liked uh you know some more than others like um but we, that was one that we all kind of had a common ground that we liked you know um trying to think of other ones way back in the day in college but now there's all sorts like you know all into kings of leon we're all into death cat for cutie we're all into um yeah. you know even even a lot of a lot of bands that are not even like they're not really super well-known bands but locally you know a band when we were starting out um that we really looked up to uh was bad teenage kicks from toronto and they were kind of doing all the things that we wanted to do uh in terms of like touring canada selling out you know the horseshoe in toronto and stuff like that and right and although they're not like a huge band or anything they were more of like a a, a regional act even though they did tour but they had like you know their best following was i'd say regionally um even bands like that had like a huge impact on us just you know and, and it did directly or indirectly influence the sound of our band i think going forward you know you pick up little tricks when you when you look up to a band you, you, you or a song you like 
um, no matter who it is, like there's always little tricks you can pick up, especially when you're formulating your sound. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say is I guess what I'm trying to get at is it's a hard, it's a hard answer to give. Exactly. I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I mean, like, cause every song that I hear on the radio, I mean, like a, a lot of your music and I, to me, it's a compliment. I mean, I find it every song has been written for radio. I mean, like it's, a, it's, it's, incredibly commercial to my ears and i love that sound because i'm a huge pop music fan and i'm just curious i mean like you know was that the intention were you writing for radio were you guys writing for a sound like you know trying to get that like because a lot of guys will say like oh well you know if you're trying to write for radio or it's not very punk rock it's not very rock you're kind of selling out but i'm like well sorry for wanting to be successful (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know what it never i can't say we've ever we've ever written with a conscious effort to get on the radio. Like um, the first song that we ever got played on the radio was um, our song boomerang. And that song, like, like we didn't even really know anything about radio at that point. Like that, we just recorded that record. And then I found out after that there was like people who's like in their industry, like their whole job is like their, the radio team for the label or they're like, you know, an independent like radio tracker or whatever. And, and that's how you got your songs on the radios. There's just people that push this or, you know, send your music out to the program directors and stuff. Like we didn't know any of that. We just wrote songs. And so boomerang just happened to be the song that when we put out the radio or put out the record and got a radio team involved, they pit, they, you know, helped us sort of look at some, some of the songs and that song just as it was happened to, to catch a handful of radio stations and they started playing it and supporting us and it snowballed from there. And I can say that about pretty much any song that we've ever had on the radio. I I don't think we've ever gone into it being like, you know, what, what makes a hit or what does, what does radio want? Like, you know, um, so I think it's just what I usually say when people ask about describing our band, which I think kind of leads into your point about maybe the songs you feeling like being really radio friendly is although we're a rock band, I always feel like um, Jordan's melodies and his uh, just songwriting tendencies, even though it's dressed up in our rock band, I would call it a rock band. I think it's the very pop sensibilities. So even though it's a big rock and roll chorus, I do think that like a lot of his vocal melodies are, are very pop influenced. Um, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at is like, it might be a, a a song that's just like a rock song but if it, it's catchy enough that that it could be on the radio still you know what i mean it doesn't sound yeah. like you're listening to a pop song but it has something about it that's really hooky yeah like uh, you know the last three songs that have been on radio i could easily hear them on the american pie soundtrack you know right yeah <laughs> it's got that kind of vibe uh you guys are going to be hitting the road doing a bunch of shows uh kicking off on november 9th alongside big wreck another great band um what can we expect from the live show it's the three of you on stage you st- featuring pro tools like how are you guys recreating this whole thing live uh so there's four of us so the the band oh, okay. w- was originally a four piece um and then um our original guitar player uh departed about a year ago and um so it's the three of us like you know doing like the writing of the songs or recording all that but uh but touring we have a we have a uh you got your own path what you're saying exactly yeah so there, <laughs> there's four of us on stage it's um yeah if you've never been to texas king show it's typically pretty high energy and pretty physical um we definitely don't like to just stand still on stage and play the songs yes um, yes nobody <laughs> likes shoegaze come on it's exciting it's yeah. supposed to be a fun show <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We, we try to have fun with it. We try to make it a party. Um, 
we like to sweat just as much as the crowd sweats, you know? So it's a, you know, it's a cycle. You put it, you put energy out there and then the crowd gets amped up and starts giving you, they get rowdy and give you that energy back. And then that gets you more amped up and it, it's a cycle, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, this, this tour with big rack, we'll be doing about 40 minutes a night, you know, pretty high energy, just kind of, you know, catchy rock. All the hits. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I know we're running out of time, but real quick, uh, what are you playing live these days? Like, are you bringing out a big bass rig with some cabinets? Are you running totally digital? Because I'm a big gear slut, so I love all this stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, we we do use some digital stuff in the studio or like when we're demoing, you know, we use Kemp, like I have a Kemper um, and stuff like that that we'll use that's really handy. Um, but live and on the road, we are still kind of old school still doing amps so um both our guitar players use guitar amps i have a, like a, a bass rig like an ampeg svt um you know head and cab um but in the studio kind of anything goes oftentimes we will use our amps sometimes we will you know if the if it's there and time allows for it we'll dive into kemper land mm-hmm. always you know experimenting with pedals and stuff like that but yeah if you come to a live show you'll see us plugged into amps and uh yeah, currently I'm just using like an SVT. It's kind of what I've used ever since I started SVT Classic. It's the go-to. You can't go wrong. It's going to rumble the room no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, everyone who has to move it, like when when we're loading the trailer, everyone curses it out. But then when you plug <laughs> it in, it, it does sound really good. So, <laughs> Look, you could be Yngwie Malmsteen with a whole wall of speakerless marshals, but at least you got speakers in your cabinet. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. All the cabinets work on stage for us. There's not a lot of them, but they all work. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, you're going to have to check out Texas King on tour alongside Big Rec. A lot of great shows happening across Canada this November. Go check them out and uh, go check out the Montreal show on November 18th. I'm going to try and get down there. This, this sounds like a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll hang before the show. Check out the guitar rig. Hell yeah, that would be awesome. An all-new episode of The Jeremy White Show. Available wherever you stream. Catch up on past interviews and episodes on demand now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of it.